0: Chedek Yudalad of the Kote Sichas, that's volume 14, second Sicha for Parshas Fezchanan. Now this Sicha originally is actually a Hadron, which is a talk on a siyum of either Mesechta, or a siyum in this case on the entire Shas. Just for some background, if you look at the end of the Sicha, this Sicha was actually said, it was delivered by the Rebbe, on a Yutes Kislev. Yutas Kislev, we actually complete, amongst other things, the entire Shas. Because remember, the Alter Rebbe instituted that in every Chabad community worldwide, there should be a Chalukah. They should split up, divide up amongst the people, the Shas, the entire Talmud. And this way, in the course of a year, throughout every community, or sometimes even said, if you need to, join some communities together, we complete the entire shas, so obviously the rebbe was the official seum shas for all Chabad communities of the entire world, and that would take place on Yudis Kislev. Many times the rebbe made a seum on various mesechtis. In this case, it's a seum on the very last mesechta in the shas, and when I say very last mesechta, I mean the very last mesechta on which we have gemara, because many mesechtis in the shas. We don't have Gemara, we only have Mishnah. And in this case, as the Rebbe always would do in a siyum, always point out the connection of the end and the beginning. The end of the Shas discusses the virtues of studying Torah every day. And the very beginning of the Shas, the very beginning of Talmud, is the first Mishnah uh, that speaks about the reading of the Shema at night. The connection to our parsha is very obvious. The Shema, that we say every day, in ve'ahavta, is in our Parsha, in this week's Parsha, in Now, in Shema, we actually essentially have two mitzvahs. A, the mitzvah of saying, Shema, b'shach in the morning, and in the evening. And B, the study of Torah, that we spoke, we're supposed to teach it to the students, teach it to ourselves, and constantly speak in the word of Torah. So in this Sikha we're going to actually learn and understand the differences between these two mitzvahs. At the end, the Rebbe will actually even make a connection between the two because they're obviously connected by virtue of the fact that they're stated together. But still, they are inherently different in what they represent. And that's why the halachas of them, some of the laws, it gets expressed in that too. Let's go for it. Let's try by first reading at least some part inside and then we will continue by explaining as we do orally. Aleph. Shtei There are two very fundamental mitzvahs that are stated in our in our parsha. Number one, mitzvah's kriishma, and number two, um mitzvahs talmatoida. The and although they are both written not just in one context, in one parsha, in one pasuk, in the very same pasuk. Upsak din and it's actually halacha, the for That it's actually even halacha, therefore, that by reading Shema in the morning and in the evening, at least at a minimum, a person also fulfills their basic obligation of studying Torah day and night. That's true. Well, the Gisa. However, and on the other hand, on the other hand, Talmud Torah, Shinun Kikriya Talmud Torah is also something that you need to, you, 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 you need to study it, you need to say it, you need to repeat it like Shema, which it needs to be repeated, to repeat the Torah. However, Mikomokam Chilugadol However, there is a tremendous difference. There's a tremendous disparity between the two. Although there are certain things that uniquely connect them and seem to be, you know, overlap one to the other, but inherently they are two different things. Number one. The obligation of saying Shema is twice a day, in the morning and in the evening. As stated clearly, in this parsha, as we say, when you lie down, when you rise up, and each one of them is actually an individual, so to speak, an individual mitzvah, an individual concept in itself. Where do you see that? And it was proven by the fact that. When we say Shema in the morning, we say Shema in the evening, we say two separate sets of brachas. We don't make bracha once in the day for both Shmas that we're going to make, either let's say at night and say because the day starts at night, or in the morning because the order of the prayers start in the morning. No, each time we say Shema, we say their own brachas. Now whether the brachas are directly connected to the Shema or not is a separate discussion. But the fact is, we say two brachas before Shema, both in the morning and the evening. And then in the morning, we say one bracha after Shema. And in the evening, we say two brachas after Shema, before segueing to the Shemona Asrei. So you see that each one is like a, a thing in itself. It needs its own brachas. Like any mitzvah that would need its own bracha. Okay? However, inke, on the other hand, which is not so, mitzvah talmud toida. mizmane is not in any way divided into separate obligations, into individual obligations throughout the day or night. Rather, Echod <inaudible> Hanim Shach emphasizes the word Echod. <inaudible> it is one obligation that constantly is on the person, so to speak, list of obligation for the entirety of the day. <inaudible> Both day and night. <inaudible> and Therefore, Therefore, we actually make a brach on the Torah only once a day. Not only somebody who studies the entire day, within then there would be a logic, you make a brach in the morning, since you're studying all day until such time that you go to sleep, maybe with very small intervals, with absolutely necessary interruptions, intermissions, So maybe you say, okay, there it's logical because it's considered like one long mitzvah. But we're saying no. Any person, every person makes only one bracha on study of Torah. When? In the morning. Whether or not they're going to learn for the entirety of the day. That means even your average person who only learns liprakim at different various times. He doesn't learn all the time. Maybe a little in the morning, a little at night, or maybe a little in the day. But it's all very, very splintered uh, in terms of time. And yet, we make one bracha. The reason for it, halimud echot Because the obligation to study Torah is a continuous obligation that has no interruption whatsoever, has no stop whatsoever. Where a Shema, there is the obligation of the morning, where and it ends at a certain time, and then there's the obligation of the evening, which begins and again ends at the end of the night. It begins at the beginning of the night, it ends at the night. So it begins and ends at a certain time. Now, the truth is, one would argue, and this is from one of the footnotes, footnote seven, if that's the case, if the Torah is a constant obligation, why do we make a brach every day? Well, that we'll soon understand a little better. The fact is that every day is already considered to be a new entity. But in terms of the obligation of the Torah itself versus the obligation of Shema, Shema has separate obligations. It's the morning, it's the night. Whereas Torah is a continuous and a constant obligation. So here's the question. So we need to understand. It needs to be clarified. At first glance, if you look at the idea, the concepts of Shema and Torah, it would seem to be that the exact opposite would make sense. In other words, the rationale should be the exact opposite. Which is, Think about it. What is the idea of studying Torah? And notice that I said study, not say Torah. Saying Torah in itself is a very little aspect of the mitzvah of Torah. Just repeating words, as the Rebbe points out in a moment, won't even count in most of learning of Torah. What is it? Havonavah Saga. Understanding, conceptualizing it. Really intellectually absorbing the Torah. Because the obligation, the fulfillment obligation of studying Torah is to understand, to comprehend what one is learning. And the ruling is that if when it comes at least to Torah peh, not to words of Torah or for example words of Tilim, but let's say words of Gemara, words of Mishnah, if one doesn't understand what they're saying, if one doesn't comprehend, they haven't fulfilled their obligation. You can say words of Gemara and Mishnah all day. You don't, you didn't fulfill the obligation of learning Torah, and therefore the aim of and you therefore do not make a bracha. If one was to make a birchas ata and sit down and start saying words of Torah shaval without having any basic understanding of what they're saying, they've made a bracha By the way, that's the reason why in the Siddur, When we make a bracha on the Torah in the morning, which we do every morning, immediately what do we do? In order to fulfill that obligation, we say words of Torah Shibik We say psukim first. Then we go to a Mishnah, but a very simple one. One that anybody can really understand. So we fulfill the obligation. But the point is that the obligation of learning Torah is to understand what one learns. Here's the question. Since when it comes to understanding, there are various times, there are various circumstances, there are various levels of understanding. We're talking about within even the same person. There are times one's head's working better. It's time one's, you know, gets things and it has a clarity of the mind, and the times we're not. So, Mitzvah, Hasman, so it would be actually logical, there would be a rationale to divide the Torah, to separate it in a difference of times. In other words, we said that Torah is a one continuous obligation. It's one thing. It begins and it goes through the full cycle of the day. There's no interruption. There is. There clearly is a difference. That's number one. Number two, and especially, We do actually find in other words, it's factual. We find in the Talmud, in the Gemara, we find that it actually, there is a difference between one's learning by day and one's learning at night. For example, the Gemara brings up a different Abzeda that asked him, them, wow, how do you have such a clarity, such sharpness in your learning? He says, because I learned all my Torah by day. The truth is some of the Mepharsha of brings that there were other Chachamim that used to Sleep by day and learn the entire night. Sounds like teenagers, no. But learn the entire night. What is the idea? They, for them, learning at night did much better for their learning than the, you know, for Rabzadeh. But the the, the point is not when is better or not. The point is that there are differences. Even within the greatest of the Chachamim, they testified, they attested to the fact that for them, the learning of the day was better. Or for them, the learning of the night was better. (laughs) Uvedivirah gadamifudosh. And we have in the Aggadah in the Medrash that it says clearly. Moshe was in the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Over there, it doesn't get dark. The sun doesn't set. You don't see any. How did he know when is day, and when is night? So there were various ways. One of the ways was it says when Hashem taught him mikra, when he taught him tirdush he knew that's day. Then, when Hashem would teach him Mishnah, the alacha, or what we know as Torah Baalpeh, then Moshe knew it's night. That was his cue for when it was day or night. So, what do you see here? Not only in our terms, meaning in the, in the, in the part of the recipient, is there a difference between one part of the day and another, or the day and the night? In other words, there's an inherent difference. Also in the giving of the Torah. What was Moshe there for? Moshe was there to receive the Torah. And in the hymn Hashem giving him the Torah, there was also a difference between day and night. This took place by day, this took place by night. So you see there's a difference. So if anything, in the Torah there should be a difference between day and night, and therefore maybe require various brachas, or various preparations or, or prerequisites or something. What is the idea of Kriyushma? Like the Mishnah says, like the Gemara says, what is the purpose of Kriyushma? That a person should accept upon him oil, a person should set upon himself the, 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 the sovereignty of Hashem and the unity of Hashem. And that, this has to be a constantly on your mind, that has to be constantly remembered, a constant reminder that Hashem is greater, Hashem is one, and so on and so forth. This has to be in every single person all the time. Since remembering Hashem's kingship, Hashem's sovereignty and his unity is a constant obligation so then it doesn't seem logical, it doesn't seem rational that there should be at a difference between the night and the day One is one thing, one is another thing. It's all the same thing. Now how would you explain in that case if you were following this way of thinking, this rationale, why you have to say it twice a day? Maybe just like you need a reminder. Since we're human beings, you need to remind yourself in the morning and remind yourself at night. But the obligation, the idea, the essence of the misfits all the time. So why is it that we find that it's the exact opposite? Shema is divided into day and night and has its own brachas. Whereas Torah is, so to speak, the entire time. It's one continuous obligation, day and night, throughout the entire 24-hour day period, it only kind of stops and restarts, you know, it, with, with, with a new day, and that is as we're going to see in a moment, not because of the Torah itself. The next few chapters I'm going to say orally, and you see here tremendous insight in what Shema is all about, what Torah is all about, what it's meant to do for us, what we're meant to do in the world. And here it is. Chapter 2. The life of a person... is is all one continuous thing, correct? You start your life and you continue living. So it's really, in a sense, one entity. Yet, halachically and conceptually, the life of a person, according to the Torah, is divided into days. For example, even in the words of the Kabbalah, of the Zohar, it says, each and every day brings its effect. Even each and every day has its accomplishment. True, it's... One component in the person's entire life. But yet, each in the days is an individual day. What is a day? A day consists of day, of morning, and of day and night. Okay, like it says, This is a true according to the Torah. And here, here is hinted the purpose, the objective of the life of the Avvaida of a person. The objective of a person is to do what? To make a dira b'tachtoinim. Notice the words. To make a dira for Hashem b'tachtoinim. In other words, the tachtoin is a true existence, or it exists. The tachtoin is here. We're not here to destroy the tachtoin, to eliminate the tachtoin, thus making room for Hashem. That's not what it says. It says that our objective is... That the takhtoin, as it is a mitzius, as it is an existence, to make it that it should become compatible with. It should become a place where Hashem, so to speak, can dwell. The light of Hashem can shine. And this is hinted, and perhaps one of the reasons why Hashem chose to tell us, in the creation of the world, Vahi erev, boiker that it was night; it was day. echad. What is hinted in these words that Hashem, the objective in why he, what he wants from us, in the purpose why he created the world is to take erev, the darkness, and connect it with boiker, with light, with illuminance, with day, and through that make yom echad, make it the echad the unity, the oneness of Hashem should shine. That's the word yoim. So v'ayi erev, v'ayi yoim echot. But the bottom line is that the world exists, just to summarize, and this existence needs to become, although it in itself was created in a way that it really is Arab. it's really darkness, but it needs to now become connected with and it needs to become whole with The yom, the day, the light, the boiker, the shine. And through that, it becomes a place for the echad. And that is the avoida of Shema. The avoida of Shema is to do what? For example, when we say the word echad, what are you supposed to have in mind? The Gemara says it clearly, that you're supposed to make Hashem king, you're supposed to, so to speak, appoint him as king, make him king in all directions. And even in the word echad itself, you have all the directions hinted. You have the aleph, which is one Hashem. You have the ches, which is the seven heavens and one earth, and then the dalad, which is the four sides of the world. So that's the vav tzavve, is the six sides. So what is Shema? Shema is about the per- person bringing godliness into the world. They bringing light into this darkness. Since that is the avoda, and since that is the effect of Shema, in other words, the Shema is supposed to do is not to point out the difference between the two, but rather to tell us that there are two things, and it's our job to bring them echo to bring them together. Therefore, this is expressed in the Halachis of Shema, in the practice of Shema that there are two Shmas. There's a Shma of the Laila, and there's a Shma of the Yom. There's a Shma of the morning. There's a Shma of the night. However, Torah, we know that the Torah preceded the world. What does it mean the Torah preceded the world? Torah is beyond the world. Torah does not get manipulated by world. Torah is not here to create anything in the world. If anything, Torah reveals what's there in the world. But Torah is beyond the world. For example, like the Chazal say that the words of Hashem, what does it mean? Hashem <laughs> says, behold, my words are like fire. What does it mean that like words are like fire? In other words what's the comparison to fire so the gemara says just like fire does not is not mikabeltoma water can become tame. an object can become tame. fire is not something tangible enough to become tame. the same same way that fire doesn't become tame, so too the words of ta, of taira also do not become tame. and ultimately that even um, that even um, makes the halacha, makes for the room for the halacha, why even somebody who's tommy is allowed to learn Torah. Thus, Torah is beyond any whatsoever difference and separation of night, day, light, darkness, and so on. And it's not just about bringing the two together. It's about the Torah, how it's higher than the world. In fact, when a person learns Torah, he elevates himself from the world. Therefore, there's no difference in the halachas of Torah. That was chapter 2. Chapter 3, three. the Rebbe takes it a step further. And if I may suggest, the Rebbe is, so to speak, now focusing on the person. We spoke about the concept of Shema and the concept of Torah. Now the Rebbe goes into what is the person's, so to speak, participation in this. Since the person, here's chapter 3. Since the person's objective in saying Shema is to influence a unity, to impact the unity in the world, not just to reveal it, but to actually, so to speak, force it onto the world, make the world a place that accepts Hashem's sovereignty, make the world a place that becomes subservient to Hashem. So it's dependent on the person. A human being has ups and downs. A human being has, has, you know, achievement, But then later, he can go higher. When a person goes higher, compared to the higher level, the lower level is already considered a darkness. Meaning, the higher of appreciation you have of light, the more when you look back, you see darkness. Because compared to the new light, that was insignificant, therefore that was dark. Thus, what the Torah is telling us is when you say Shema, When you're affecting the world, you, the person, you're affecting the world, you should know and always constantly be be aware that there is an Erev and that there is a Boiker. There is a day, there is a night. Within the day itself, this is not a negative, so to speak, feeling. This is not something that's supposed to make a person depressed. On the contrary, it's a motivating factor that even when I am in full accomplishment and I have done my job, And I have affected the world in a way that what? That the world is seeing the light, in a sense. The world is accepting Hashem. The world is becoming a place for Hashem. But I have to recognize that soon I'm going to affect the world even more. Next time around, the next phase, which is very soon, it can be the next Shema, it can be within the same day. I am going to now go take it to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. And therefore, there is constantly this day and night idea, the day and night object, so to speak, that even while I have the day, even while I'm accomplishing, I still already am aware in the moment, so to speak, of satisfaction, in the moment of glory, of accomplishment, I already am aware and I know, and I'm being reminded by the Torah, through this concept of day and night, that that is night. How is that night? How is that so bad? Because compared to the next level, this is night. Compared to the next level, this is, this is, this is not enough. And that's why in Shema it's inherent the difference between day and night. However, Torah, according to Torah, the world is, doesn't exist. According to Torah, the world makes absolutely no difference. If anything, I have to leave the world and constantly elevate myself and go towards Torah. I have to, I have to, so to speak, just reveal the good that's there. I don't have to make anything. I don't have to accomplish anything. And therefore, it's really, if you think about it, there's no darkness. It's constantly going from one level of light to another, to another, to another, to another which is just a constant process of revelation, revealing what's there already. Actually, I have to correct, I have to make a mistake. This, I made a mistake. This chapter actually focuses on the aspect of the, what's happening in the world in terms of the Shema and the and the Torah. Chapter four says there's also another difference. It's taking it another step. And this one is focusing on the person who is saying Shema or the individual who's learning Torah. You see, in a person's life, life, there are ups and downs. Nobody is the same all the time. As, for example, and don't feel bad, it's not just you and me, the biggest tzaddik in the world. What does it say? Sheva yippo tzaddik v'kom. That even a tzaddik has seven times that the tzaddik falls, whatever it means, seven seven levels, whatever it means. But the fact is that even a tzaddik, who we know, and especially according to Tanya, is on the highest level, is the most complete that there possibly can be, And yet, that's how they can fall. So when a person's avidah, you have better days, you have worse days. You have better moments within the same days, within the same dominant, even, compared to the other moments. One, perhaps, would maybe be of the mindset that, look, when I feel light, when I feel good, when I feel yum, that's when I'm energized. That's when not only I'm energized and I have desire, that's when I'll be effective. But if it's Erev, if it's night, if it's dark, and I'm not feeling up to it, and I'm not feeling what I felt before, maybe it's not a time to do my Avodah. Maybe it's not my time to affect the world because I won't be effective. That's the message of Shema. You need to affect the world. And that is a reality within the world that there is Yoim and there is Lila. There is day, there is night, there is dark, there is light. And therefore, your Avodah has to always be there. You have to always be trying and, 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 and making the effort to affect the world even when it's Erev. And that's why it's inherent in Shema that there is a day and there is a night. The Torah, however, is beyond that. The Torah is not influenced by the differences of day and night, of darkness, of light. The Torah is constantly always there. The Torah is constantly above and beyond the world. However, how does one get the Koyach in Sh, the Koyach? Where does one get this ability, this energy, so to speak, the spiritual energy, to take a moment of darkness, a moment of Erev, and even then affect the world? That explains the connection between Shema and Torah. And that explains why, even though they're so different, as we just finished explaining, why the Torah jams in the, the idea of learning Torah together with Shema. Because it's the Torah aspect that's in the Shema that helps us rise above even those dark moments, even the Erev. And this brings us to chapter five, where the Rebbe says, look how beautiful it is. Now we can understand the absolute connection between the beginning of Shas and the end of Shas. The very first mitzvah in the entire Talmud is what? Reading Shema. Not just any Shema, but the Shema of the evening. It starts with When do you reach Shema in the evening? In the dark. How can one effectively do his avoda, Affect the world? Through all that challenge of darkness? The answer is all the way at the end. One who studies Halachas every day which is the ultimate in the Torah because the Rebbe explains how Halacha is the ultimate level of Torah? Why is it the ultimate level of Torah? Because there's unity in halacha. You see, when you learn Torah shaval peh, especially you, in the in discussion phase, there's always a back and forth. There are dispar- there, there are differences of opinions. There's always the, there's debate. There's there's one opinion holds this way, one that way. There seems to be they seem to be splintered, even though they're both Torah, and that's a whole discussion in itself. But when it comes to the halacha phase, when there's a unification. And like, in, in a sense, all minds come together. That is the ultimate, the ultimate study of Torah. And that is where we get the power to be able to do what it says in the beginning of the Shas. And well, I'm sorry, what it says in the beginning of the Shas, that, that even in the Erev, even in the evening, in the dark moments, you still are able to affect the world.